Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about my my new raid wish list. What I want to see in the new raid coming with Shadowkeep. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. So click the link below, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If you want to come in and hang out with us, if I'm not live, you can always follow the channel. That way you can catch these and be a part of the Q&A sessions that we do. So, why am I going through a new raid wish list? I've done a lot of talks and a lot of Q&A sessions where I get stuck on, you know, some soapboxes about different things and ways that I think raids could improve. So I thought it'd be good to do one video to walk through ways I really would like to see raids as content dramatically improved in a handful of ways. First, I'm going to talk about the loot. I think that's the number one vacancy in raids in Destiny 2. I think a lot of the raids have been very beautifully designed and are very fun great mechanics, really cool encounters but I think the loot is the primary vacancy in Destiny 2's raids. Second, I do want to talk about design. I do think they got into a little bit of a rut with some of the boss design they've acknowledged this with respect to you know the stand in a well and bake, so we're going to talk a little bit about raid design. Lastly, I want to talk about grind. I'm going to continue to put forth ideas that I think would be better about letting people engage with raids more than three times a week and I'm going to walk through how I think they could do that. So let's just talk about the loot I, at a ground level. I mean and this is undeniable, I think, at this point. I, I would love to have Destiny uh, Bungie open up and have some candor with us about this, but the loot needs to be significantly better than it has. I would have loved Luke Smith to touch on raid design, or at least raid design with respect to loot, and just have some honesty and some transparency about the raid loot in Destiny 2 has been incredibly lackluster and disappointing, and that's unfortunate given how good the raids have been. I don't like Leviathan that much, but it's a very, very cool environment. The raid layers were a neat idea. Last Wish is immaculate. Scourge of the Past is really, really fun. And Crown of Sorrow was another great sort of iteration and evolution of raid stress but then the raid loot just doesn't line up with the quality of the content with respect to guns i mean if you take it in two separate categories here guns need to have unique perks and power i mean if they don't have unique perks and they're not powerful people are just generally not going to use them even if they have potentially good roles the big challenge that's going to be tied to my later talk is about grind right if you can't really grind for the guns, there's no efficient way to get them. By the time you get one, even if it gets a decent or a good roll, there's a lot of guns in the game that are equal to or arguably better than most of the raid guns in Destiny 2. You can probably count on one hand the number of really good guns from the raids in all of Destiny 2, and I'm not including the exotics here because I don't think that's fair. Like, exotics are supposed to be good. So if you tell me that exotics are good, that's kind of like telling me, like, Water is wet. Don't start that debate in chat. I'll freaking kill you. Okay, so unique perks and power. We need that on guns. Ground level. You need that on guns. Think about Fatebringer. Think about Genesis Chain. They were unique, but they were also powerful and effective and really fun to use. Now, armor. Armor needs to be cool, too. I, and I'm not just being like, it, it's got to be awesome. It's got to look amazing. It needs perks, I think, intrinsic perks in addition to the raid mod slots. We've already seen activity slots in, in Opulence. That was also on the Eververse armor. We've already seen activity slots on armor that's going to be in Shadowkeep, and it's not even raid armor. So that activity slot for the raid mod, I just don't think that's enough. I think you got to go further than that. I think you got to give raid armor intrinsic perks that do something similar to what we got in wrath you know increase resilience when holding a charge increase agility when running around with a scorch cannon those were not insane game changers that made you feel like you had to wear wrath armor but it was nice it, it gave you a little extra kick and they really made the content more fun felt like you were kind of becoming better about it
So, let's talk about design. That's the loot. Ground level, that's how they should handle the loot. All right, let's talk about design. The encounters need to be more influenced by encounters like Oryx and Axis. So the final boss fight in King's Fall and the final boss fight in Wrath of the Machine, I think, need to have a greater influence in the encounters going forward. And what I mean is this. We need a lot less of the one-phase melt, stand in a well, and just bake the boss into oblivion, okay? Now, I understand you could one-phase Axis if you got really good at it. One-phasing Axis, I don't think, was as common as a lot of the one-phases I feel like we have now. Maybe I'm wrong in that. Maybe that's just my memory being foggy on it. I think we were normally doing two phases at Axis, even near the end when we got really good. I felt like two phases were more normative, at least in my experience. Maybe we were a bunch of scrubs, but I mean, we played a ton of Wrath of the Machine, and I don't feel like one phases were as common. I, again, I may be inaccurate on that, but that's just that's just my memory. Uh, the other thing we need is, not only do you need the idea of... We need to have less one phases, and if, I, and if I'm accurate on Axis, you can also remember Oryx. There was no one phasing Oryx, because there were mechanics that were required to do damage to him as a boss, and I think if you kind of combine the intensity and the movement of Axis, you're moving around, you know, there's an intensity in the room, there's not as many one phases, then there's mechanical damage that you have to be doing in Oryx. I think those influences need to influence boss design going forward because we kind of got that with Leviathan at Callus. You you kind of had to stack skulls to damage him, but it ended up it ended up kind of feeding the one phase strategy. I mean, you basically had people that weren't just one phasing Callus; they were one plating Alex Callus. Uh, uh, I almost called him Alex. That'd be a weird name for him. In any case. With with our influence over the flow of ammo likely going up in Shadow Keep, with the ammo finders being more effective and the one finisher perk of being able to generate heavy ammo for your team, I would think that would lean really well into a lane of most of these boss fights you're going to need to do two phases, maybe three if the team's struggling. But I think two phases creates a better element of endurance, planning, and strategy. That's going to touch down on what I have to say next. Get rid of the raid tokens and get rid of the revive timer okay if we go to an element of you cannot do a one phase maybe you can only do 50% damage because you're using a mechanic in the room like the bombs at Oryx so you can only get 50% damage or something like that or you just there's, just, there's a small window of damage Axis, the small windows of damage kept you from being able to melt him and one phase him as efficiently and as often as some of the bosses we face now like in Crown of Sorrow you know the guy just kind of stands there and lets you absolutely bake his face and that leads to a lot of the one phases if you're going to lean into what I'm saying and we go to more two phases and we go to more survival endurance tests especially when you had to do the Axis I'm sorry the Vosic challenge you had to stay alive to use all of the rooms that was an endurance test now endurance tests I think are better experienced when you don't have revive tokens and a revive timer I don't mind revive tokens in the spirit of we want to limit how many times you can revive people. I think that's fine. A limitation on that is great. Maybe in normal, if they bring back hard, you know, normal and hard mode, maybe in normal you can revive everybody once, but in hard mode, if you get revived, you lose your token. So like there is a soft limitation on, well, if you revive three people, that's it. That's all you get. You revived half your team and they came back with no token. But get rid of the revive timer. Stop wiping teams. Give them that opportunity to clutch. Give them that opportunity to 
pull things back out of the fire two phases are going to have more of that happening if 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 we're reading Luke Smith's tea leaves and we're saying okay he's basically making it sound like we're not going to have all these one phase insane boss melts if we move away from that and boss fights are taking longer you're not one phasing bosses as often i really think that would pair and dovetail well with them saying let's get rid of the revive timer let's stop wiping teams let's give people a chance to clutch cuz we're extending fights and we're making fights take longer than they did in D2 up to this point Lastly, let's quickly talk about the grind. I really, really think going forward, we need to be able to grind raids more than three times a week. Once you get beyond your three runs, non-powerfuls are dropping for you, so you can grind for the stats on armor that you want or the rolls on guns that you want. People tend to push back on this. People are going to get everything in the first week. That's absurd. Raids take six people. They take time. It's not a freaking strike. Even when people get really, really efficient, it's still unlikely they're going to grind so efficiently and so well that they get everything that they want too fast okay second of all it's a raid it should be rewarding it should be an end game grind it should have the most hardcore most dedicated players in there running the loop and running the cycle i think three runs per week is a little bit absurd at this point given that you know especially with the the the, the variances on roles and the variances on potential stat roles it would be a perfect time to say hey we're gonna let you run a raid more than three times and get non-powerful drops internal currency would be a great way to implement this maybe you can only open an extra chest once or twice on those extra runs so you're not getting a ton of drops but as long as you're running the, the complete raid you're getting a currency throughout the whole raid that can then be used in your next run to open a chest that internal currency could also be used to maybe re-roll armor I don't know if we need to re-roll the armor though with the internal currency if you're letting us grind the raid more than three times. And then the raid exotic, if we're thinking about grind here, the raid exotic should have a ever-increasing chance the more you run it and if you get to like 12 completions without it it should just unlock a quest that allows you to complete the quest in order to get the exotic to drop so with respect to the reward structure and the grind i think running it more than three times would be amazing i think an internal currency and extra chest like they did inside like they did inside of wrath would be amazing also i think that they could allow you to get the exotic almost guaranteed but if not after 12 runs the quest unlocks and you're able to do it so q a is going to follow stick around for that if you're here live if you're listening on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always come in at twitch.tv slash and hang out with us as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about my new raid wish list, things I want to see them do in the new raid in Shadowkeep. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I'm probably live right now, so click the link below. Come join us, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Let's jump right into the questions. I've tried to be more efficient with question answering, so we get through more of them. That is one of the reasons that we don't do gameplay as often whenever I am playing. So, KJ the Knight with the first question. Don't you think they will need to do some major PvP rebalancing with the implementation of 2.0 armor? Warlock with a full-time arc buddy running around in Crucible uh, will be a bit... Basically, is their own... uh, Pardon on teeth shots. Okay, here's the thing. Um... There's a there's a significant sort of like delay period on Arc Buddy shooting. So I think time to kill is is probably gonna make what you're predicting unlikely. Uh, I think in most like bam, bam, bam shootouts, that little like pew pew pew. Pew pew pew. I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's gonna shoot enough. 
I don't think it's going to shoot enough. And even if it does, like, I don't think it's that, is it that strong against guardians? I don't know. It, again, time to kill and the way shootouts typically go with hand cannons and pulses and stuff. I, I don't, I don't generally think that that's, that's going to be a big problem. Now let's ignore that part of your question. Let's just zero in on the rest of it. Are they going to have to do some tweaking and balancing, uh, because of, because of armor 2.0. Okay. I would say yes and no. Number one, I feel like they've already put some of this in place. And you may have missed it because you got to kind of pay really close attention to some of the things Luke Smith has said to deduce some of these things, okay? And I'm in a privileged position because I read through the entire director's cut and then I have a thousand people watching and they're illuminating things and enumerating things and highlighting things that I might have missed. So I'm in a very, I'm in a very, very uh, privileged position. So... me being able to do this, like, you might have missed some of this stuff, so when I say that, I'm not trying to act like I'm some know-it-all, streamers have a unique advantage in, like, constantly getting really good ideas and information flowing into our brains Luke Smith said that intellect is capped at 100, and you can hit that 100 cap with really good stat rolls and no mods, he was highlighting the fact that you could grind for really, really god roll stats that in turn give you a really, really strong build, okay now, in saying that He's kind of giving away intrinsic restrictions that they've built in the system. And I've used his statement about the 100 cap on intellect as sort of a pushback on people like, well, couldn't people just use old armor builds with with super mods stacked? No. You have six stats now in Destiny Destiny 2 Shadowkeep and beyond. You have six stats. And your intellect can only hit 100. So... If you run old armor that's all super mods, more than likely, that's just going to cap out at 100. 100 intellect. And so then they can tweak and say, this is how often people should get their supers at 100 intellect. You also have to consider Luke Smith said this as well. He said that getting super energy from kills in Crucible is being slowed down. So they've, I, I, I feel he's already given us an indication of two things, okay? He's already given us an indication of two things. Number one... They there's intrinsic restrictions within the system itself because of the six stats having caps on only 100 intellect being possible. And second, and second, him saying that you, um, him saying that they're going to change the flow of super energy in PvP. Those are two things he said that I, I do think they've already they're already making adjustments as well as preemptive adjustments to how the system works. So when someone says that they're getting rid of super mods, listen carefully. There's a concern that people can use old armor that has a super mod in it to run in Crucible. Okay? And that's the concern. Oh, they're still going to be able to abuse that, that, that five stack of super mods. They've capped intellect, so you can only influence the regen of your super so much, okay? Oh, people are going to run double scavengers and things like that. Luke Smith even said he envisions people going into world-first raid attempts in old armor, not armor 2.0. They're not going to go in and invalidate all your old armor and make it not work anymore, but there's intrinsic restrictions on how powerful and influential those mods are because of how the six stats work. Yeah, the scavengers, I think it's going to be capped as well. I think Bug is right. Uh, Ed, Ed to the word. 
Why in comp do I get paired with potatoes who have 0.1 KD while I'm at 3,500 glory? I thought the glory system worked where I was getting with people of my skill level. What's the point of the ranking system if it doesn't even work as intended? Sorry for the book. This is just you complaining. I'm skipping your question. I thought it was free. Although unpopular, what do you think of the match-made normal raid with NPC callouts and prestige mode for top players? I have changed my position on this, okay? I used to argue that you could turn on matchmaking for a normal raid once hard mode came out, and I argued very ardently that people would eventually find people they could raid with. Now, what I said isn't wrong. It's not false. More than likely, if you threw in matchmaking for a normal raid after hard mode launch, which there's no hard mode anymore, but let's imagine that there is, hard mode launches, and then you 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 uh, you turn matchmaking on for normal, okay? I'm I'm not wrong. I mean, yes, if you did that, you would eventually find people that have a mic plugged in that aren't idiots that would be able to run the raid. But in general, I don't know how successful that funnel would be because if you look at just mechanics and the way they work in Gambit or the way that people struggle in Menagerie, I think it'd be very, very difficult for that to work well. And again, I'm not going to argue against matchmaking. I've just changed my position. I just don't think it would work as well as I originally thought. Would it work? Sure. Would it be a limping horse? You betcha. It would really, really struggle. And it might be it might be more of a crawling horse than a limping horse. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the analogy, a limping horse is going to get there, but it's not going to get there as fast as a, as, a, as a healthy horse. I don't even know if the horse would limp. I feel like the horse would crawl. It would be really, really tough to find people that know what the frick they're doing, have a mic plugged in, aren't some dumb kid that's just going to yell obscenities, trolls that would throw themselves into matchmaking just to fail and be like, I'm sorry, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, it'd be really hard to know if someone's trolling or not because there are really bad players, angry people that would rage and salt out and be like, you suck, get the frick out because you make one mistake. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, ju- I just think, in my mind, I always envisioned matchmaking basically being like a filter process. You would probably spend an hour or two being somewhat frustrated, but eventually you'd be like, okay, you, me, and y- us three over here know what we're doing. Let's leave. These guys are idiots. They're goofing off. They're, you know, they're acting stupid. And then those three people throw themselves into matchmaking. And slowly but surely, you find people that know what they're doing, and it's inside the game. You don't have to go somewhere else like LFG. I, I still think people could do that. But I just don't know if that's if that's worth Bungie's development time, you know? Because I said the same thing I thought it was free as saying. A bad raid's better than no raid. My, my motto was always, raids are procedurally difficult. They get harder as you go. So at the very least, people could go in and play an encounter or two, maybe get some raid loot, get a taste for raiding, and then be more driven to try to find people to raid with. I just I've kind of dialed back my my dogmatism about it or my 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 theory about it. I don't think it's as as important as I used to make it because I do feel like you would fill the funnel with a lot of just absolute potatoes. All you've got to do is play menagerie or reckoning to see that. There's just people in the game. I mean, Gambit as well. There are people in the game that just they are just they're happy to shoot nothing and get stuff and just kind of run around. I just, you know, I I don't know.
Parasito. Thoughts on contest modifier considering Kindergartians, and what are the odds of a gateway quest like Crown? Also, could the artifact be unlocked or power leveled based upon raid clears, or would it be story item? Uh, it, the, the, the artifact, as far as we know, is just going to be upgraded with XP. Uh, contest modifier for Kindergartians, I don't really care. If they're brand new to the game with new light and they're 750, and they really want to run the raid four days later, I don't really give a frick. The raid's not really designed for them to be a day one like world's first encounter if you're suddenly jumping into destiny with new light i really don't think four days later you're suddenly gonna really really want to go for world's first contest modifier only applies to that first day so that's just not a concern at all and what are the odds of a gateway quest like crown again i just i don't know um h monolite says should the raid have a pinnacle weapon instead of an exotic exotics are so restrictive to current loadouts this could go either way um I think Bungie really likes the idea of doing three three uh, pinnacles a season because you can put them in their respective containers. Vanguard, Gambit, Crucible. Um, I think they like that aspect of it because it, it, it's very thematic and a raid pinnacle wouldn't be a thematic. Also, it wouldn't be able to be free. It wouldn't be something you could just kind of grind for. So I think they'd probably keep it as an exotic and here's why I'm okay with that, okay? That's a punt in my mind. Number one, I would much rather them keep it as an exotic and have every single raid that, like weapon that drops, its curated role should be pretty dadgum close to a pinnacle. If I get a pulse rifle, if I get a hand cannon, shotgun, fusion rifle, rocket launcher, grenade launcher, whatever the frick, and I get it from that raid, the curated version of it should be really, really close to a pinnacle weapon. It's a raid. Up to now, I mean, most of the weapons, and I know Harry's pointing out, you know, the Crown of Sorrow curated shotgun. One weapon out of the whole pool. As I said at, it, during my talk, during my wishlist talk, out of six raids and all of Destiny 2, you can count on one hand the number of weapons that are really worth going for. That You know, it's like, there's, there's, there's nothing special about them. There's nothing particularly unique or strong about them. There's very, very few. And if you're like, but this one's not bad, it usually has an equal like version of itself somewhere else. It has somewhere else. Um, you, you can get decent hand cannons and shotguns elsewhere. Threat level. Okay, I have an Icolos. What else you got? You know what I'm saying? Hunter's Blade. How do you think the moon is tied to the Vex, since there is the potential of the raid unlocking Vex invasions? Vex are invading the system as a completely separate storyline from the wisp from the nightmares on the moon. They're just combining the two. They're they're not actually connected. Well, they could be, but at the moment we don't know. It doesn't look that way. There does it doesn't look that way. What's wrong with helping people learn? The y'all may know the raid, but you got to learn from someone. That's the problem with raiders. They exceed with it, and they gain all the weapons and gear, but they leave the rookies behind. Well, listen, I want to push back a little bit on what you're saying. Number one, if I like running the raid and playing Destiny, your experience is not my responsibility. Number two, if I'm going to go into raids and play with people off of LFG, again, you being taught how to raid is not my responsibility. If I want to beat the raid, and I only have two hours on a Friday night, it's reasonable for that person to say... I would like to control the quality of my gaming experience. 
I would like to have a good time and play with other players who know what they're doing, right? The sentimentality of a player isn't always going to line up with, yeah, I'm happy to waste the next four hours teaching some lead-footed dum-dum how to play a raid. Not that every inexperienced raider is that way, but that's how it can feel sometimes. It's like, brother, I got two hours. I don't got four hours to throw in the toilet with you because you can't figure out how to step on a plate at the right time. Like, you can't figure out basic survival instincts like when you're really low health go hide or pop your super people just are lead footed they just stand there and die it's like move you know so I get what you're saying there's an extreme sort of character of people who can go on to LFG where they're like you suck get out I want to raid with only people who've done it 58 times I get that right I get that but again there it's not their responsibility to help you it just isn't you know and i think a lot of people just really struggle to take ownership for the fact that you're bad at video games <laughs> some people are just bad at video games and you throw yourself in lfg and you expect all these these go-getters and these hardcore players to drag you through it like it's just you know i i don't know i i really really don't think anybody owes you anything and I think the spirit of Sherpas and raid service streams and things like that, I think that's a pretty good presence in the community. I think there's a lot of people that do that. They do take the time to teach. They really take a lot of pride from being a patient and kind Sherpa. I I, I really do. I think there's a lot of people that are that way. I honestly feel like there's there's one patient Sherpa for every for every three raging Sherpas. You know, you got to kind of hack through the weeds sometimes, but you're the one in the needy position. So, you know, I feel like I feel like sometimes this belongs on the subreddit choosing beggars like on Reddit, you know, like beggars can't be choosers. If you're in the needy position and you're trying to get help, you know, it's just one of those things that, you, you know, you're going to have to hack through and try and find like a really patient teacher. It's just the way that it is. Nova Hands. Hey, Lono. Do you have any confidence that Bungie will right the ship with raid weapons, or are we in for more of the same with Shadowkeep? I have no instincts. I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't. I, I've, I, I feel like we've provided this feedback um, consistently. We've provided this feedback consistently, especially since Last Wish. Now, it could be that people wait too long. Here's what, here's what, ha- here's what happens. And this is not shade. <laughs> this is not shade in any content creator or YouTuber. But I don't think they get on these topics until they start to run out of content. And that's not shade. That makes sense, right? They're going to do what's relevant first. Here's the best gun. Here's a guide on how to do this. Here's this. Here's that. Here's the new, 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 new. It's all new. Yay. New. Click, click, clickety, click, 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 click. Like ad revenue. Okay. <laughs> I do the same thing. I shuffle videos around because of what's relevant. I still have a video called The Pinnacle Problem, and I keep shuffling it back on my YouTube channel. Why? It's not important right now. What's important? Talking about Infusion, talking about the PvP updates, talking about the TWAB, talking about the Community Challenge. That's relevant, right? That's relevant. No one, like, people want to see the relevant content first. They're interested in how do I beat the raid? What's the raid encounters like? Do you have a raid guide yet? So, for example, a guy like Datto is going to be way more interested in putting out raid guides and, like, weapon tutorials and things like that. And then once that stuff coasts down and dries up, then you see content creators like him and even content creators like myself saying, all right, 
let's talk about the raid weapons. They're not that good. Well, by the time we get there, it might be too late. It might be too late. Bungie's like, well, we already designed the next raid, the next loot pool. We can't change any of that. That stuff's already in motion. If, if day one we said that, maybe. But it's like, I don't think that feedback was really uttered that much during Leviathan. Because there was weapons that people really wanted. There was the Sins of the Past. There was the Midnight Coup. Some people really liked the Ghost Primus. There was, I think there were some weapons in, in Leviathan that kind of like made us think, oh, this isn't that bad. And then there was the, the, then there was the Zenith of Your Kind shotgun. People definitely complained about the raid layer loot because it's like, what, two weapons? And so Last Wish landed, and I don't think anybody really focused on the fact that the Last Wish weapon pool was really disappointing. It took a while, I think, for the community to start talking about that. I didn't talk about that. I'm, I'm, one, of the, I'm one of the stronger voices on that. I get really animate about how bad the Last Wish weapons are or how disappointing they are. And I, even I, I think I waited a long time to make a video about that. Um... You know, and, and here's the thing. If we're waiting to talk about it, I also think Reddit and Twitter and, and, and everywhere else, I just think the community doesn't really zero in on it right away. Everything's new. Everything's exciting. The dust settles. Somebody makes a video. Somebody makes a Reddit post. And people are like, yeah, you know what? You are right. Yeah, the weapons are pretty bad. I, I don't honestly know. I don't honestly know if the consistent feedback from the community has been loud enough that the raid weapons have been kind of butt. Like, they've just been kind of butt cheeks. It's just not very good. Um, I, again, you can count on one hand the weapons that are really worthy of pursuit. And when I say worthy of pursuit, what I think is, like, they're unique. They don't have their equal anywhere else. Because when someone says Nation of Beasts, that gun can be found basically elsewhere if you want a good elemental hand cannon. So, <clears throat> now, yeah, I agree with the Torch. Crown of Sorrow, I think, was immediately criticized for its loot. The weapons, the Taraba. I think there's been more vocalization of it now. That gives me some hope that maybe the raid in Shadowkeep is significantly better with the weapon system. Um... It hasn't been loud enough, Lono, because the content creators spend the first two months criticizing you, and then they all start parodying you. (laughs) that's enough tea sipping for one day milky holy frick uh crazy crunked how about raid specific guns like touch of malice not mandatory but have a situational and fun use i actually thought touch of malice was cool i also really liked never getting one oh that was so fun a thousand king's fall you know completions and never got touch of malice i loved people people get so mad why isn't he using touch where the frick is his touch get out your touch of mouse i don't have one i never i never got the touch of malice in d1 and i i absolutely i absolutely love how how it would trigger chat it was i try i loved that troll i love that troll um but i'll say this it sounds weird for me to say this um, I thought the idea of the Touch of Malice was cool. It would have been neat to have Anarchy or 1K voices, you know, I don't do collectibles. <laughs> I don't. I don't do collectibles. Um, it would have been, been neat to have them be more like that. Now, if you're going to do that, though, it's got to be quest-based. Nova Hands is, is already highlighting that. It's got to be quest-based. If you're going to have a weapon that is that influential and that helpful in a raid... Yeah, you can't have it be like 1k in the anarchy. That would be absurd. Um, so. 
Peewee. Hey, Lono, sorry for the dumb question, but what is TWAB? What does it cover? Okay, so every Thursday on Bungie.net, TWAB stands for This Week at Bungie. It's a weekly blog that hits Thursdays around 6 p.m. Eastern, somewhere between 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. It's evening time Eastern. It's end of the day for them out on uh, out in Seattle. <clears throat> Soul Frequence. What would you uh what do you think is going to be the boss for the new raid and what type of mechanics? I, there's no way for me to guess about the mechanics or the boss. Do you think the boss is going to be standing still like past raids? I mean, I can comment on that. I think Luke Smith gave us an indication that we're going to get less of bosses that stand there and you just dump ammo into. Now, if he does stand still and doesn't have a lot of movement and agility, I would hope that would then mean that we're not just going to like damage phases are going to be different then. Whether, like, Oryx stood really still, right? Oryx, you know, Oryx stood really still. But Oryx also, Oryx also, like, didn't get damaged by weapons, right? It's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily think even if a boss stands still, that's necessarily the problem. It's while the boss stands still and we just emptied our weapons into him and he's dead it, there, there's no song and dance there's no dynamics it's just a whoo we made it to damage phase all right let's send this one home you almost breathe easy if you get to damage phase you're like it's it, the fight's over yeah that's i don't know d1 raids didn't feel that way they kind of did when we started one phasing atheon with sleeper but like I don't know. I didn't feel that way in Oryx. I never felt that way in Axis. Crota, Crota, everything could go wrong, right? It could kind of turn up on you. Now, Crota was different because Crota was a really short fight. Um, but Crota forced you. Yeah, you couldn't one-phase Crota, right? You couldn't get it done with one. Could you? I think we got to the place where you could two-phase it, right? Because you'd put like... You'd put orbs on the ground, and you would do something to debuff him, and then you could, like, two-phase Crota. Two-phasing Crota was, like, was, like, really, wasn't super challenged, but you had to do some things in order to two-phase. Oh, you could one-phase? Crota could be one phase with the Sword of Weapons of Light. You had to do more than just a Weapons of Light. Didn't you have to do, like, extra orbs? You could do, like, the super each time. Weapons of Light and some form of a debuff. Didn't you also have to debuff him with something? I'm for, I, it's, I'm, I'm struggling to remember. But generally speaking, it was really unusual to one phase even Crota. You really had to go for it. And one phase has had a high fail rate. High fail rate when we tried to do it, I think. We used to do, we used to do uh, two phases. Um, and Axis was was mostly a two phase as well. I just I think that that is that creates this element of like we're in a boxing match. We got to stay in the ring and go toe to toe here with this boss, even when we know what we're doing. I like that element still being present in the raid. It, we're, we, you, you're not just gonna right now when we get to a damage phase at the end of like Crown of Sorrow or. Even Scourge. Now, Scourge is a little bit different now because they mess with Whisper. But you'd be like, oh, man, dude, we're done. Everybody just do your thing. Now, uh, Scourge... I think Scourge is a good example of what needs to be in there because it does, I think, the influence and the movement and the disruption of the damage phase in Scourge. That's one of the reasons you don't always one-phase it. And I think that proves what I'm saying. You... The... 
the disruption can influence it to where you go to a second phase. You do, we don't need immunity phases. We don't need like health gates and damage gates. Like you don't need that. I think sometimes you can just really disrupt the team and make a move. Axis did that. I'm empowered. Got to move. I'm empowered. Got to move. He's over there. Go slam him. You have to reposition. Shoot him. Up. Oh, he's done. He's going. Empowered this. Empowered that. Like there was just a lot of moving parts. Parallel, angular, and, and continuous creates a similar thread and theme, but we're so strong, it kind of doesn't matter. We're so strong, it, it, it's it's invalidated. The disruption and the chaos is invalidated by our brute strength. Maverick 8. Do you really think Bungie will set raids to drop loot every run rather than only powerful on the first per character? I want this more than anything else in Destiny, but I just don't see it happening, especially now with loot being more impactful. I could see them finally saying, yes, they'll do it, or at least use the currency system so that you could at least get maybe five or six runs a week, and then you run out of currency or something. Um, I think that that, I think that would be a way, you know, to sort of say, oh, at least they're getting a something. I also think because of stat rolls coming to armor and Bungie saying, we want to give you guys more control over your loadout, I would think that would pair really well with them saying, we really want to empower people to get full sets with the stats that they want, and the, pr- the mathematical probability of that happening in a raid is unbelievably low with only being able to run it three times also consider you can only run it one time per character so you really I mean most people are not running around with three titans anymore that two titans whatever that was a d1 thing there's no well you can't even do that anymore can you because then you can only run it once per class so the once per class per character thing it just doesn't work it's like i how am i ever going to get a full raid set and now they're adding an extra layer of randomly rolled stats there's six stats i i think that's plenty of justification to say we you can get non-powerful drops beyond three H. Mongolite. Should raid weapons have good unique perks and armor be higher tier stat rolls, or is this giving too much for the PvE endgame player? I mean, these are things that I have said literally today, so you may have submitted this too early, but I literally said in the talk, guns need unique and strong perks. I've also said that a ton on stream, so this is a bit of a softball. Armor having higher tier stats. Now, I've not said that a ton, but we have said that. We said that on Rageous Roundtable, and I've said that in a couple of Q&A sessions, and you might have just missed it. We did say it would be nice if, when I look at a pair of a piece of armor, and all the stats are added up to the bottom, and it says, like, stat total, like, 40 or something, it'd be nice if raid armor was just, like, 47, 48. It trended higher. There's just more points in general. Um, that, that makes it pinnacle gear. It's got the extra slot, the stats trend higher. I'd be okay with that. The first part of your question is like a no, to me is a no brainer. Yes. The weapons need to have good and unique perks. It's a raid like that. That question shouldn't even, the fact that you had to write that out is just absurd to me. Not, not on you on desk on Bungie. It's like, that shouldn't even be a question. It's a raid. Like where are the good and unique perks? Where, where, where's the power? FWC Guardian, how would you feel about ornaments for raid weapons and armor from Tess? How would the community react? Okay, so you want to have ornaments for raid weapons and armor from Tess. Um, K 
K-Machine, did I thank you for your Prime sub? Thank you for your Prime sub. I, I missed it because we're doing Q&A and I didn't hear it. Um, yeah, this gets touchy. This gets touchy because they did ar- they did ornaments for the for the for the whisper of the worm, and that's not a raid, but it's it's really close. Outbreak perfected in the whisper quest for like little like the little siblings of a raid. They were very similar. They're timed. They're tough. Uh, it's end game. It's an exotic, you know. And then they took the ornament and they put it in the Eververse. This gets touchy because the ornament for the Whisper paid for the Outbreak Perfected mission. So I'm just kind of like, I... My initial reaction is recoil. I'm like, dude, I'd rather have a raid NPC that I, I raise my rank with. And this goes into having us run more than three raids per week. You could raise your rank with that NPC and get cool stuff. Yo, how did you get that smoky black ornament for your gun? Or how did you get those dragon wing glow effect on your on your shoulders uh, ornament? Like, why'd you get that? Oh, I ran the raid 75 times and I raised my rank with the NPC and I unlocked those ornaments. I, I think that's a better... If you're going to start adding sort of like some capstone decorative vanity items to the raid... I don't want you to put it in the Eververse. That feels like a misfire. It's like we did this in Age of Triumph. Eh, I wouldn't put that. I don't. I wouldn't do that. There's plenty of vanity items in the game to fill the Eververse every season. I, I would tend to say, why don't you keep your, why don't you keep your mitts out of my raid? Make the raid better. Make the loot better, and keep your Eververse. You know, little paws and mitts. Keep those out of the raid. There's so many more things you can sell. You stay the frick out of here. Now, you want to do an exotic with an exotic ornament? Ah, that's different. I'd be okay with that. But all the raid gear and guns and armor? No. I, I would. If you start adding a vanity ornamental system to raids, it should be tied to a an NPC and a seasonal rank and grinding the frick out of the raid as a testimony of your hard work, not you swiping a credit card. Wishwash. Do you think they... Uh, choose to make raid gear with specific perks and guns that they don't see exclusive to the raid came from making Destiny 2 at launch feel like no one's missing out on things it seems like the same theory with the raid tokens they don't want your buddy dying and missing out on the fun oh I this is a really good thing to bring up and I'm glad that Wishwash brought this up if you guys were, are listening to this Q&A you missed a fantastic interlude before Q&A started where we highlighted a ton of reasons why raid tokens are terrible and this is another this is a really good thread I want to add to that conversation we were having the spirit of raid tokens is in the spirit of destiny 2 vanilla and that's a good enough reason for me to take it out (laughs) destiny 2 vanilla lands and you can get raid gear from Hawthorne what a joke I'm so glad they got rid of it I I get raid gear don't even run the raid that is I I can't believe we can actually say that sentence about any time in destiny's history that it just seems absurd to me in addition to that, in addition to that, raid tokens are, they're from the same spirit. We don't want anybody to miss out. We want everybody to be alive. It's very, very similar spirit. I, I, I like that you brought this up. Um, this is this is a good thing to remember. The birth of revive tokens in the timer was at a time where D2 treated raids with a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of disrespect. And so I, I like that you tied these two together. 
and raid gear with specific perks and guns not having cool perks does feel like a carryover and an import from vanilla D2. It does. I, I, I run a raid and I get nothing. There is no, oh my gosh, I have to run the raid for that gun. That doesn't, like, nobody says that sentence anymore. And we said that about Fatebringer. People said that about things like Genesis Chain, Chaos Dogma, the Ex Machina, the, the, the sniper rifle from, from Wrath. You know, uh, there was a lot of, there were a lot of guns in those raids that people were like, I want that. I really want it right now, and I'm going to go for it, and I'm mad I don't have it. I think there's there's a healthy dose. There can be very healthy doses of FOMO, feeling of missing out, within a game's reward structure. As long as you're not using FOMO to make me swipe my credit card on an ornament or something, or I can buy the gun from the Everest. Like, as long as FOMO is like, oh, I feel like I'm missing out, I really want to get that. Well, go run the raid. Find people to run the raid with. Hmongolite. What will a good world's first uh, time completion be in your opinion with uh, the new? Last Wish was way too long. Well, Last Wish, I, I still hold to the theory that they cheated in Last Wish. No, the players, Bungie cheated. <laughs> they cheated. I think Bungie increased the Delta last minute. I think they did. I think there were teams and players and people who farmed. There were people who farmed Prime Ingrams off stream. I, I know I know what happened. People booted up and they were higher power level and they had no explanation. And I'm not calling a foul because we all did it. Everybody was Prime Ingram farming for the most part. Not everybody, but tons of people were Prime Ingram farming. And I think people got beyond thresholds of power and Bungie pulled a ripcord last minute decision and raised the delta last minute. I believe that they did it. I do. And I think it made it it made for instability in the difficulty thresholds. It was it was they had a twenty four hour they had a twenty four hour emblem that basically like nobody got. Um, yeah, and there was the iron banner bounties and stuff that people saved. Yeah, I believe that was a panic last minute decision. Now now that that's out of the way, because I agree with you, last wish was kind of absurd. What's my opinion of a, of a pretty good run, a pretty good first raids, you know, world's first raid? It lands somewhere between six and ten hours for me is good. Somewhere between six and ten. The minute the raid's getting completed under six, you know, if it's four to five, that seems a little too fast. Uh, anything between six and ten is good. Once you get beyond ten, you start getting closer to twelve hours. I'm kind of like, eh, this ain't WoW, this ain't World of Warcraft. You know, this is Destiny. You know, six to ten, and I'm like, that's solid. It's it's number one. It's really really cool to have that sort of badge of honor. World's first. That's a pretty fast run for world's first. When you just slug it out and slug it out, and finally at the seventeenth hour or the nineteenth hour, you finally beat it. That's that's great for that team. We're like, yay, good job. But it's just different. It's like, dude, seven and a half hours. Whoa, wow, excellent work to the world's first team. So I think between six and ten is a very very cool, like, nice little happy middle ground. Island drunk. I heard Glad talk about this yesterday, and I agree. I'm tired of standing in one spot and shooting a boss, and bosses not having movement. What are some potential good boss mechanics that we could have? Templar, Shield Brothers. I outlined this in the talk, so I don't need to revisit it. I think you take the impl- the, the the influences of Oryx, which you damage him with stuff in the room instead of your weapons, and then you take the intensity, the movement, and the disruption of Axis, and you allow those to influence the fights. Ed to the word. Could you explain to me how much Overwatch was a successful esport game, but Destiny could not be? Uh, just dumb down the supers and the abilities and let the gunplay dictate the rest. Both kind of... I don't have time to dismantle how how 
much as just there's so much wrong in this question um, I don't have time I mean Destiny doesn't have dedicated servers it's peer to peer Destiny's a space magic game not a not a character not a not a character driven game it's not a balanced game there's not roles there's you can't roll queue they like there are, it, it, the, the objectives in the game aren't designed around the roles and counters and, and, and passives and ultimates like there's so many you can't compare these games at all and then let's go to your second half of the question just dumb down supers and abilities let gunplay dictate the rest they did this in Destiny 2 Vanilla and we hated it. We hated it. So, I, there's just a ton, there's just layers of just misconceptions and, and, and false equivalencies and bad comparisons to this question. Like, I, you just cannot compare Destiny to Overwatch and I'm telling you, they set up D2 Year 1 for esports and it was awful. It was not good. The map design, the 4v4, the gun-based fighting, I don't know. FWC Guardian, how would you feel about set weapon and armor rolls from raids as guaranteed god rolls? I think since we can't really grind rolls and raids reliably, that should be guaranteed god rolls. See, you're, in my in my opinion, some people might prefer this. Yes, just give me a static roll so when I get the Fatebringer, I've got the Fatebringer. I push back on this and here's why. Bringing in random rolls, random stat rolls, and that grind is an enormous benefit to the player. We don't want to push back on that. It's an enormous benefit to the player. You're leaning in on the wrong problem here. The problem is not, oh, that oh, the solution is static rolls. No, 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 no. I can't grind the raid. Let me grind the raid and then random rolls is fine and then take your idea. The god roll is the curated roll. Curated rolls on random rolls is a fantastic, it's fantastic iteration on random rolls that has not been capitalized upon. The, the solution is not to limit the coolness and the variances within raid gear. The, the, the solution is to say, just let me grind the raid more than three times. That's the solution. Uh, it fits, I sits. Bungie would better serve their player base by providing tutorials for each week of the ra- each each of the raids. What? Any ideas about how they could do this? In-game narrated walkthroughs for each stage in the raid? No. Why would you do this? Figure it out. Beat it. Strategize. Like, use deductive reasoning. Like, and. I, you're not you're I guarantee you you're not saying do this for day one you're saying they could do this like a month later or two weeks later no it, figure it out like if you're gonna go watch a YouTube video and watch a guide that's you leaving the game to get like a, what amounts to kind of a cheat code a spoiler right self-contained within the game you should never have the game being like hey the raid's been out for a couple weeks. Here's everything you need to know about this fight. Nah, uh-uh. I don't, I don't think so. Mel says, I would argue that they could and should be using strikes to teach small raid mechanics. They have a few mechanics there, and I think that should be related to the raids. Well, right. I, that was kind of related to one of my ideas in D1, where you could have, like, if you want to do raid matchmaking, you have to go through raid training first. And there would be, like, 
mini strikes that would teach you about basic raid mechanics and you have to have your mic plugged in and once you do that then you go through that and then you can go into raid matchmaking because now you understand the basics of like stepping on a plate uh room 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 pain hurting you uh boss boss damage is done not just by shooting them you have to do things in the room first like but again, I just don't think it's worth development time to do that. It's a small portion of the community. I don't want Bungie spending any time on this. I just don't. Number one, figure it out. You don't need a guide. That's the spirit of the content. And number two, that's just development time that they could be doing, they could be spending on something else. DTOM, do you think they should implement a hard mode or challenges to acquire adept type weapons in this new raid? Uh, I didn't think, oh, I left this out of my talk. Shoot. In my new raid wishlist, I forgot to talk about difficulty spectrum and recapturing the philosophy that was in King's Fall. Design hard first, how far can you take a team, and then you dial some of that back for normal. I think that spectrum of, of difficulty and, and difficulty spectrum is magnificent. I think it's perfect. Um, the differences between King's Fall, normal and hard, and Wrath, normal and hard was great. And... I'm sad I left that left that on my talk. Shoot. So yeah, I, I definitely think if they're gonna do if they're gonna bring back hard mode or challenge mode, then they need to look to King's Fall and Wrath on how to do that. <clears throat> they have champion shield modifiers they can use now. You are you are assuming that can be applied to raids. The champion shield modifier that we've seen is in Nightmare Hunt. We don't know if that has anything to do with raids. Uh, tectonic ammo. Do you think when they bring back the old bosses from D1, it'll, it'll be the same raid or just some favorite mechanics to bring back? I don't think it'll be like when we went and fought the Templar in D1 down on the bottom of Vog and you had to shoot the oracles, the gold oracles. I think it's going to be like that. I think they're going to, they're going to like, you'll fight them and it'll be like a strike boss fight with clear influences from their fight. I don't think it'll be a raid. Chronic Haze. Hey, Lono, is it just me, or are you hopeful as well that the raid loot and all other pinnacle activities have the best loot like D1, where if someone sees you with raid gear, Vex Mythic Class ETC, we're like, the man, that guy's good, your thoughts. Well, I... This gets complicated because the only way to achieve this is you have to make all non-raid gear really, really bad because a pinnacle piece of gear right now, like a pinnacle primary that performs really well... It's already in the game. There's already primary weapons that are as good as you can get at killing trash ads. You can't get any faster at killing trash ads than a lot of the the pinnacle primaries. And I'm not even saying pinnacle weapons. I'm just saying like tip of the pyramid weapons. Top performing weapons are already in the game. So you can't really do, you can't really create this thing that you're talking about. Now, with energy weapons and heavy weapons, maybe, but they, they can't create a primary in the next raid that's going to be a thousand years better than all the other primaries. Now, the only way you achieve this is you could say, okay, these primaries in the raid have these extra slots, these extra slots give you these extra powers, these extra powers are going to be really important in the new season, and then you basically have to really really short change all the rest of the weapons and I think that's a that's I think that's a really really big struggle in destiny gun archetypes can only be so good at what they're supposed to do once you hit that ceiling I you know they're just going to keep delivering guns at that ceiling that's why I always say it this way raid weapons to be need to be unique and powerful 
So if I'm going to get a hand cannon in the raid, it should be as good as every other perfect hand cannon in the game. If you get a god roll hand cannon in the game, my hand cannon from the raid, if it's got a god roll or the curated roll, it should be as good as yours, but put something unique on it. Genesis Chain's an example of that. Genesis Chain in, in Wrath had Focus Firefly. It was unique, it sounded cool when you used it, it had something that other weapons didn't, and it was in that vein of like, this is a good primary, this functions as a good primary. One easy with 27 months, welcome back. May Racky says, Do you think Bungie knows how irrelevant raid gear has been in D2? Also, I think that they should lean towards how VOG weapons and gear worked and helped in the raid. I agree, Oracle Disruptor was nice in the D1 raid, just that little extra bump, that little extra oomph was nice. Um, I, I think that, I think that, yeah... I agree with the second part of your question. That's where they need to go. I think I made that clear today. Do they know how irrelevant they were? I bet, of course they do. If Bungie looks at and and runs a report and says, okay, give me a report on anybody who's run a raid more than 10 times in Destiny, right? And do it on each raid. Okay, give me a report on everybody who's run Last Wish at least 10 times. Okay. All right. Now give me a stat chart on how often they use raid weapons. That's a that's gonna be a yikes of a of a report. Like a whoa, they're hardly ever using them. I, I I don't even need to see the stats. I know that's true. I know that's true. Nobody's running around with those weapons. Scourge, you're gonna get a little bit of a bump because they're gonna be like, yeah, tons of people like using the threat level. You know, the scout rifle could be decent in PvP sometimes. You know, I just when you run those reports, now compare that to how many people ran VOG X number of times. And then, how much did they use guns from Vogue? I mean, you're talking about... I don't even know. What time are you pulling this uh, report from? I don't know. A month? Let's take four weeks after the raid comes out. From launch week to four weeks after, run that report and say, out of all the people who got, let's say, at least five drops from the raid, how many of them actually use those weapons? I just feel like it's going to be really, really small. Chattering Bones was popular. Nation of Beasts was popular. I maybe, yeah, maybe Eugene. I don't know. I think it would touch. I think I think the lack of those weapons being used would touch on two problems. Number one, they weren't that great. The chattering, the chattering bones could drop with a handful of rolls that were garbage. Same with Nation of Beasts. It was easier and more directional to get their their equal in the rest of the game. And so that that's highlighting a handful of problems. The guns themselves aren't that amazing, and it's really difficult to get the role that you want, and they have their equal or better versions of themselves elsewhere in the game. With the, you know, with things like the bygones and the go figure, Chattering Bones I think quickly quickly got sort of overshadowed, and with Nation of Beasts, I don't know. I just there was no intentionality to getting it. So Shattering Bones was the best pulse and didn't have an equal. I don't think that that's accurate. The bygones, the bygones was was a clear, was clearly was clearly outperforming it, and they came out at the same time. Bygones drop with Gambit. It wasn't the same archetype. You said that Chattering Bones was the best pulse and didn't have an equal. I, I don't know. The chattering was disgusting, but the bygones was easier to get. 
I don't know. The Bygones, the Blast Furnace, the Go Figure. I don't know. I, I'm not saying Chattering Bones wasn't wasn't good. Number one, there was no intentionality in grinding for it. I kept getting Chattering Bones with terrible rolls. So, Bygones was not easier to get its Gambit. No, you got like a guaranteed Bygones. Didn't you? You could roll over and he was selling one. You could learn, You could just go buy one. Hollywood Zero. I'm not going to spend too much time on that because we're going we're gonna to make too big of a point here. The overarching point was that the weapons in general weren't that great, not a lot of intentionality. You're going to go to one weapon at one time and try and argue it was the best at that specific time. That's not true of virtually every other raid weapon since D2 launched. So, aside from Midnight Coup, one weapon per raid being standout proves the point that we're trying to make today. Hollywood Zero, do you think raid exotics should be quest-like process like Touch of Malice? No time to explain. I, I already answered this in my talk. It, it, the, the drop rate for the exotic should go up like Nightfall the more you don't get it. And once you hit like 12 raid completions, it should just unlock a quest so you can get it. Sunfire, do you think the curated role for the raid weapon should have perks in it where the other weapons can't have it? Yeah, it should be like a pinnacle. McCheshire, with raids offered during the seasonal updates, the weapons seem to be split between the raid and the mainstay activity. If intrinsic perks do make a comeback, what would you say to the idea of the other weapons outside being offered with that intrinsic perk? Well, I wouldn't do that. I don't think you should be doing what they did in, like, Black Armory. I think all those weapons should have been Scourge. Scourge should have had an internal currency and an extra chest so you can double the loot drops at each at each, at each encounter so that you could have taken all those weapons from the forge and put them in the raid and let me run the raid more than three times a week. That's what they should have done with those weapons. And then all of the remix weapons like the Acantha D grenade launcher and all the rest those should have been your forge weapons and those should have been dropping random rolls with potential really cool new god rolls because those were all static rolls from year one they 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 completely misfired on that because you, th- you cannot if you want to get the acantha d as a grenade launcher or some of the other the, the, some of those other remix weapons there's some pretty cool ones in the mix but you literally have no way of grinding for them they should have been the Black Armory weapons, and they should have given them really, really cool curated rolls, cool cool potential perk combinations, and then the, the Ringing Nail and the Kindled Orchid and the Hammerhead, those should have been in the raid. Go to every encounter, double the potential drops, use, use an extra chest to do it the way they did in Wrath, and you're done. And then the raid would have been much more appealing and much, and much more exciting to grind week to week to week. I just, they compl- I, I don't, I don't, I really don't understand what they were doing. I it just, you basically took a bunch of random rolled weapons from year one and you wasted them on the forge. Why, why? All those weapons? There were so many and you just threw them in there as non-intentional grinds in the mix of a really intentional grind. You had, I mean, how many were there? There was the Galliard, uh, there were so many. There's the Galliard, so that's one. What were some of the others? There was a ton, wasn't there? Uh, the Tango? I think there was one from like every archetype. The Galliard and the Tango are the two we've counted so far. The Swift Ride. Uh, yeah, I think there's one from every, uh, every, every area. Because in here you had that really slow one. The Bad News. The, the uh, Atlanta D SMG. Yeah, there's one from every category. The Dead Man Walking, uh, that's actually, I really, really like the Dead Man Walking. Uh, there was no bow, because that was one you could get 
from the actual frames. Uh, the Balagant or Balagant, however you say it, there wasn't a, a grenade launcher. Did they do? A, did they do a remix on a fusion? I don't think they did. No, they didn't. Uh, sniper rifle. Yeah, sniper rifle. They did two. They did the. They did the Tatara gaze, which you got from the forge, but then you could also get the show of force to drop. I just, I don't know. I, I just, I, and, and then, oh, yeah, and then, the, and then the grenade launcher, Acantha D. This was an actual forge weapon. The sword was a forge weapon. You had the Acantha D. Rocket launcher, you had the Husko. Linear fusion, they didn't do it. And then the hammerhead was a forge, was one that you forged. So, like, they literally have an entire weapon pool that you have zero intentionality to grind for. They just drop randomly in the forges. Those should have been the frames, and then the rest of the weapons should have been in Scourge, and Scourge should have had the Wrath of the Machine internal currency and chest system. I, now listen, somebody's like, why don't you work for Bungie? I, listen, it's so easy, hindsight's twenty twenty, man, it's so easy to look at that and say, why didn't you guys just do this? Why, you know, why didn't you just do that? Um, like, like Luke Smith said, a lot of times they're placing like multiple bets at once. Maybe they thought that would be really, really cool to have like forgeable weapons and random drop weapons and then like also having weapons in the raid. Like, you know, they probably thought, oh, this will be pretty good. Here, here, here's my, here's my pushback. I, I, I give them a little bit of a pass, a little bit. I get it. You got parallel development going on, and you're placing lots of bets at, at, at one time. Okay, but let me ask you a question. How long ago did Wrath of the Machine come out? <laughs> how long ago? And how celebrated is that raid as far as the weapons, the unique perks, the synergistic perks, the 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 armor specific perks, the internal currency, the extra chests? Are you really in the dark on how good Wrath was? Like, come on. Like I you know, I, I'm, I'm giving you a pass, but then I'm saying, all right, hang on though. Before you leave this meeting that we're having right now, how long ago did Wrath's Machine launch? <laughs> it's like, don't tell me, don't tell me that you don't know how good that raid was. Take the value points and replicate them. Please, you took the you took the value points of Ada and her bounties, and they were replicated. You have the chalice. You have all these value points of intentional grind and really good loot systems. Please, please don't ever say that to me again. Don't tell me that you don't know what good raid loot systems look like because you did it in Wrath of the Machine. Okay, Leviathan, fine. And then you wanted to do raid layers, fine. New concept, you're learning, you're, you're, you're figuring things out. After Leviathan, there should have never been any doubt that Wrath of the Machine got it right. Pull those value points into Last Wish. Pull those value points into Scourge and into Crown of Sorrow. You don't get a pass anymore. You don't. Like, the raid loot systems in Last Wish the raid loot themselves like the guns like there's nothing there just isn't anything special about them you got you got to get really narrow you're like well if you get a nation of beasts with a really specific role and then you run it in this way oh stop it it's not it's not that great and neat and chattering bones like we could debate that but the rest of the weapons are just ho hum yawns and then and then again, that internal system that Wrath had with the with the currency and the extra chests and all of that, I just, I don't accept that. 
I don't accept it. Even if you didn't like Wrath, the internal systems added a value that would have made the other raids better. Imagine that internal system being in Kingsfall and Crota and Vog. It's just... You, we don't we don't really need to talk about that anymore. If it happens again with this raid, I, I'm just going to be like, what are y'all doing? Why are you even building raids then? Like, they're big marketing machines, great, but like, stop filling them with junk. Like, it's not, di- it isn't difficult to make good gear. They make good gear. The Wendigo, the Breakneck, the Mountaintop, the Recluse. They can make really dope gear. That's not in doubt the 1k voices, the anarchy I just the internal system still pales in comparison to infinitely grindable raid drops well but Eugene if you with a smaller raid like Scourge you you still struggle I think if you did what I said and you took all those forge weapons and you put them in Scourge you don't have enough encounters for that that's why the internal currency system is there as a help to them. Look, we get it. If you're going to make a smaller raid with like three encounters, we get it. That loot pool is going to be smaller. Here's a way to make the loot pool bigger. You do two chests. We all know what drops from each chest. I can run them infinitely. I'm not saying not to run them infinitely. Take what you're saying and what I'm saying and combine them. And Scourge of the Past becomes a great loot grind. A great loot grind. Even still, even still, we haven't arrived yet, right? The best roll on a ringing nail or a kindled orchid or a hammerhead is still ain't good enough for raid gear. You gotta go even further than what we're saying. Two chests per encounter, that's six chests, that's six possible guns, and then five, you got your five armor pieces, right? And then so you could, you could have one of the chests not be an armor piece, it could be something else don't you don't you see you you have you have three encounters and six chests and so you could basically create currency that when the chest is opened out pops armor or out pops a weapon you like craft an armor or a weapon key you 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 work within the system that you have and you create depth within it so you step into scourge and you say okay how many encounters do we have okay we have the opening encounter Sparrow race doesn't count, and then we have the 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 one where you kill like the big tanker, and then you have the boss fight. Three encounters. If each encounter had two chests, and then you could create keys that are armor or weapon, problem solved. Problem solved. Extra chest for challenge mode. Right. Yeah, you could do. Yeah, I mean, because you could have one chest at the first encounter, and then double chest the rest of the time. That's five total chests. So that's five total armor drops. You create a key for armor. If you want to grind for the armor, freaking go for it. But also, that's that's five total weapons. I don't know how many weapons were in there. That might not work. You might need you might need another way to to have weapons dropping or something. Right? Because it's like, how many weapons total were in? Wrath of the Machine. It was more than five, wasn't it? It was a lot. It was a lot of weapons in Wrath. Um, So maybe, maybe each encounter, if you have five chests, every chest, you could say, this chest either drops a sidearm or a shotgun. This chest either drops a machine gun or a rocket launcher. Because that's ten total weapons. I'm telling you, this system would give them a whole lot of more, like, pivoting room to not say, oh, well, Scourge is too small. We can't do a full weapon system. Yes, you can. 
You 100% can. You let us run the raid more than three times. You create an internal currency. That internal currency allows me to make keys. Those keys are either an armor key or a gun key. You're done. You just fix the problem. So then when I want a full armor set, I just keep making armor keys. And I just keep opening the gauntlet chest over and over and over again until I get the stat roll that I want. And then, oh, that's such a good system. That would be such a good system. Do you know how long it would take for you to get a full set for your hunter with the stats that you want? That'd be awesome. And you'd be in there a lot. Like, it would increase raid engagement. It would increase raid longevity and relevancy. Five, and that's a small raid. That, that, that works in Crown, and that works in Scourge. Three encounters, five chests. You double the chest after the first encounter, and you're done. Because you get to that end fighting Crown, same thing. Two chests for the first encounter in that room, two chests for the next encounter. That's four chests, and you just do one chest for the first encounter. You're done. Five chests, ten weapons, five armor pieces. Problem solved. I just... It, th- why would you I don't know it's like what that and then people run the raid more I just what what are we doing what are we talking about here now somebody might be like well Lono that system is going to be really elaborate and really hard to build I don't think so (laughs) you you have you have chests in the game you have loot pools I you, you assign it you assign one piece of armor to every chest and you give me the ability to make keys like you did in wrath I, uh, what are we what it, it just to me man that just seems like such an easy easy just bam home run just an absolute home run for raids because then then your big raid in shadow keep if they do two raids in the next couple of seasons like they did with scourge and crown you just made those raids significantly better bigger and they have more depth and they have more grind and you didn't have to build more encounters you didn't have to make the raid any bigger they made the guns for Scourge, for Frick's sake. They made them. They just shoved them into the Black Armory. They, they shoved them into the Forges. You're making the full armor set. You're already making the loot. Like, you know what I'm saying? The system with the currency and the keys and the chest, I just, I have a really hard time believing that that would be difficult for them to pull off. I just, because they, they did it in Wrath. So. FWC Guardian. Do you prefer raid exotics as RNG rewards or quest exotics? Personally, I like quests because I've done Scourge 40 times and I still don't have the anarchy. I like my hybrid idea, you know, as you run it, the chances of it dropping increase because it's really exciting to get it on like your fourth or fifth run. But once you get to like run number 12, you should be able to get a quest that unlocks and then you can you can do the quest. I think the hybrid system's nice. There's that exciting like you can get it before 12 runs, but then when you get to 12 runs, it's like, all right, give me the freaking quest for Pete's sakes. And then you can work toward it. I think I think that's the that's 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 a really good balance of of, of both systems. I, there's something really nice about like, oh I got it you like on your third run, and then and that also allows them to still do the whole thing where world's first team gets it right away. They get they get to keep all those value points. Ryan, do you believe Bungie should add raid pinnacle weapons for doing X challenges X amount of times? If so, do you believe it should take the slot of the one? I already answered a question comparing uh, pinnacles and exotics. I already answered that question. Lazy Pigeon, I don't find D2 raids challenging enough. Do you think having flawless triumphs for every raid is a problem and results in less challenging raids? If an encounter can't be flawless, 
uh, they have to dumb it down or completely change it. Your logic breaks down unless you think the same thing about D1 raids. D1 raids had flawless, uh, had people running it flawless for um, achievements. They didn't do like the internal um, triumph, but there was achievements for running them flawless. Like flawless raider was a thing in D1. So your logic kind of breaks down. I mean, D1 raid. If, if you think D1 raids and D2 raids were not challenging enough, and your logical connection is that well, they're not challenging enough because they have to make them so they can be flawless because they have the flawless raider achievement or triumph. Um, I I, I don't I don't know if I'm going to agree with that logic. Destiny is not World of Warcraft, so. Luck. Dado made a point that I agree with that consists on the fact that Oryx was an encounter that no matter how good you became at it, it always had to do X phases, which could become frustrating and repetitive. Don't you think that nerfs to buffs and debuffs are enough to resolve the issue of one phasing bosses? Thoughts. Okay. Um. If you listen to my video, I said that the Oryx encounter and the Axis encounter both need to come in and start influencing encounters. I didn't say give us more Oryx encounters. I said let it have an influence. So what Dado is saying is correct. Mathematically, you could only beat the Oryx fight so fast and I think the biggest flaw in the Oryx encounter is there was no mulligans. I think the Oryx encounter would have been significantly better and far better received if there would have been one mulligan relic on the floor somewhere. So if you have somebody flub a jump or fall or mess up the plates, guys, no worries. I'm going to go grab the relic and we're going to meet in the middle. Okay? So I think that would have made a significantly better encounter. Just one mulligan. There was nothing worse than doing three phases perfectly and having somebody stutter a jump or lag a little bit or something and then the plates desync and homie falls. Right? Now somebody might be like, but Lono, people would just do three and then go grab, the, go grab the mulligan relic. You're darn right they would, and that would be a reward. That would be an internal reward of efficiency for playing well. You ran three, get, get running the plates. You ran three perfect, running three perfect. Guess what that earns you? You can skip the fourth one. Just go grab the mulligan relic, right? There you go. Or maybe the mulligan relic only appears if you time the plates right at least. You got to build the bridge, and then... If the bridge gets built, you know, then at least it spawns it or something. So at least you still have to go to the plates and then go grab the mulligan relic. But do you see my point? Like, I get what I get what Dado is saying. It's like if you make one mistake, you're starting over. You can't beat it any faster. If you compare the King's fall, if you compare the Oryx fight to the Axis fight, it's clear that like the better you get, and this is a value point that I I, I attach to Wrath when we have the argument like what's the best raid. I always say that Wrath is the raid where it's so clear that the better you get at the raid, the faster you beat the encounters, except for the Siege Engine. But I think there's room for places in things like Siege Engine where you can only beat it so fast. I think Oryx was an overrealization of that idea. There was an overrealization of you can only beat it so fast, and if somebody makes a mistake, you got to start over. I think that the Siege Engine is a pretty good iteration and evolution of the idea that you can only beat it so fast. It's just, this is the encounter length. Um, so. Rusty. 
People arguing against grinding raids are a bit absurd. If you can get a god roll hammerhead on day one of Black Armory, what's wrong with grinding a good nation of beasts all day? Why should raid grinds be limited to other in-game grinds mostly unlimited? This is what's so funny about people that argue against grinding raids unlimited, okay? There... (laughs) There's not a lot of reason to even freaking do it if we're honest. I'm trying to give a full court press multi-orb solution here. Make the raid loot better. And once you make the raid loot better and I'm going to want to chase it, let me run it more than three times. I got news for you. If they told me that I could run Scourge of the Past multi- multiple times or Crown of Sorrow or Last Wish, if I could run it more than three times for non-powerful drops, I wouldn't have done it. I maybe would have done it for a Chattering Bones. I maybe would have done it for a Chattering Bones. But the loot's not even good enough to justify it. Like like you're saying, people were grinding forges and menagerie because the loot was arguably be- better and the turnover was better. <laughs> so there's two things that have to happen here. The loot's got to be way better. And when it's better, then I have a reason to grind it more than three times a week. If they don't make the loot any better, then who the frick cares if you can run it multiple times? So you can get some hand cannon or auto rifle or scout that's outdone by non-raid weapons and non-raid gear? Evil the Waffler. I 100% agree with everything you said, but would you go back to the old raids and change anything if they gave you everything the new raid you wish for? Or would you just move on? Well, I mean, the old raids could have something done to them. Armor 2.0, if you really like the way a certain armor set looks, Armor 2.0, and if it has the mod slot on it, then it's equal. The raid the raid armor across all raids is then equal. And if they do something with the weapons, too, I would love it if they took all year one weapons and randomly rolled them. Uh, J-Dunk, how far down do I gotta go here? Um, gee, many freaking Christmas. I got too long-winded today. Uh, I'm gonna go really, really fast and give you guys 20 more minutes. Are you still in support of how raid exclusive exotics work or would you like to see more of a quest pick? Already answered the question about how raid exotics should work. Uh, lethal strikes. Do you think revive tokens should be removed? Yep, that was in the video. Jinja uh, 300. With Bungie adding new difficulty levels to activities in Shadowkeep, do you think it's time for them to reintroduce difficulties in raids with a spectrum of reward? Normal is regular, hard is adept. Yep, agree with this. Do it. Uh, Evil the Waffler. Bungie said that they won't make hard modes for raids anymore. What are your thoughts? Somebody just asked that question. Uh, Puck, Puck ever laugh, laughing says, how does Bungie address the low per player percentage that engage with the raid better loot or in game LFG to fix it? Uh, they've not done anything to address that. They were seemingly happy with it in D one and they've done, if anything, they've done a lot to drive us away from raids in D two, uh, two chi. Is there any way of making raiding more accessible to the 30 year old dad gamer? Uh, I'm 37 and I raid just fine. So, um, Get a mic, talk with people, figure it out. If you're bad at video games, it doesn't matter how old you are. I and mean, that's not that's not really a bearing on why people can't raid. If you're too busy, if you're too busy, I mean, I don't know. Find people to raid with. Uh, D Flash says, how about we keep the revive timer, but use it, say, if you don't revive this player within 30 seconds, you lose them for the encounter. Wouldn't that work better? I like, yeah, I, li- I like this. I like this. Yeah. Um, yep. This sounds good to me because you're basically saying there's an intensity to go for the res and an intrinsic benefit of getting the res, or you could be like, too risky, you're too far forward, we're not getting to res, let's just keep going. You know? 
low-key low tell someone to get good i mean if you're bad at video games you can't ask bungie to make raids easier that's not fair if you're busy and you struggle to find people to play with use the solutions in hand to find people to raid with like you know what i'm saying i'm never gonna ask bungie to make their end game content easier if you're just bad at video games i had a guy literally i mean i still to this day don't know if he was trolling i had a guy in Kingsfall being like i can't see him I was like, you can't see so-and-so right now. You can't look around and see their username and look at them. No, dude, I can't. And he was, and he had like a southern accent. I can't see him. I was like, bro, I, I don't know what to tell you. If you can't move your character around and look and find other players in the room, then we're not going anywhere. I couldn't drag you through a strike if I needed to. I mean, I, I, I could. I would just kill everything and you wouldn't be there. Accent shaming? That's not accent shaming. So, um, so yeah, I, I like this idea. I think this is actually a decent, if they, listen, 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 I know Bungie doesn't like to admit they put stuff in the game that they shouldn't. And like, that's really, really hard to be like, yeah, this thing that we did is not good. And we have to take it out. I know they don't like doing that. I don't think I would like doing it either. Everybody likes to be right. You know, like that's kind of the way we exist. We argue for something and it's really, really hard to be like, yeah, I was wrong. Um, I've done that on certain subjects in Destiny. I'm like, I've changed my position. People changed my mind. I don't think that anymore. I've, I've, I've been, I've been swayed by the views of other people. I would hope Bungie would be swayed by what we're saying. And if they're really insistent on keeping it in there, they could do this. They could say, you know what? We really think the revive timer would be better served if it was a timer on the individual revive to add an intensity and an urgency to get the revive. And then if you don't get the revive, then there's an intrinsic and long lasting sort of pain point. Like you're down a man, you know? Dr. Bad Llama. I both experienced and heard others discuss the toxicity of raid LFG. Do you think the current raid philosophy contributes to this, or do people feel more free to be jerks because the uh, it's the internet and they don't have to say it to my face? I think that a douchebag in D1 could show off. Be like, huh, whatever, bro. I'm gonna beat this. In D2, that douchebag basically has no he has no ability to do that he's like dude you freaking suck we get a wipe come on stop sucking now i'm not justifying being that douchebag i'm not saying we should have more people like that but what i'm saying is in d in d1 it might have been less common because the guy might get a little jabbing and say you're not very good but they just keep going and don't kick you out like, they may be douchey in their disposition, but they're not douchey in, like, execution. They don't kick you out because you died. They're just kind of douchey. They're like, come on, man. What the frick? Let's clutch this. What a... Ugh. You know, that guy, that attitude, like, he he's just going to lose... That, that, that personality isn't going to jive in D2's raid system. Dude, come on. Get out of here, dude. No, we're done with you. Just leave. We can't do this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not justifying being that way. I'm just saying that's probably why it seems like it's risen in D2, that LFG toxicity. Ace of Wake. With hard mode gone, how can Bungie maintain difficulty of players above the Delta without breaking encounter rules like in Reckoning? Use Contest Modifier. Uh, McCheshire. Rather than having tokens, would a good compromise be having wipe the team still present, but every player that is down reduces the timer? No, get out of my Q&A. No, I hate it. <laughs> I hate the timer. I hate getting wiped by the timer. No, get it the get it out. I don't like I don't like it. No. No, sir. 
Uh, Dagnabbit Ben, regarding weapon raid aesthetics, do you favor weapons being heavily thematic? Uh, Crown of Sorrows are leafy uh, from the site. Um, Crown of Sorrows, oh, you're saying IE, Crown of Sorrows, and the leafy ones from the site. Are you prefer taking shaders uh, better, like other raids? I don't think taking shaders really well is the same as something being thematic. I think the King's Fall weapons are going to go down in history as the best looking because they look like you made them from dinosaur parts. I, I loved that. I absolutely loved that. Um, but in general, I, it, it, doing like the doing like the thing where they did with like Vogue or like with the yeah, the weapons in Crown, they're just like kind of like reskins of existing weapons. I gave Wrath a pass because they really, really went beyond just like, oh, this is the white Suros test weapon. They put like the SIVA stuff on there and it glowed and it lit up. There was like an actual visual effect on the weapon, even though the weapon was basically an, a gun we had seen before. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I uh, I, I think that there's, a, I think there's a difference there. I, I would rather, I would rather have, um, I would rather have like a, this this sort of thematic thrust. You know what I'm saying? Comp helping. I'm going to give you a shout out. He says, go to my Twitch for cheap comp pinnacle weapons, all platforms. Okay, let me tell you something. Considering the word platforms, you don't have one and you never will if that's how you promote your channel. So there's your shout out. Get the frick out of my chat. Fast flex. Would you like to see Touch of Malice sort of weapons come into the new raid? Yeah, we already had this question. I like thematic exotics that, that have their footing and ground and power in the raid itself. I think it's cool. It would have to be quested. You know, you get it through a quest. Dan the Noob. More relics and rolls, more teamwork, more delegation, less timers, except for in raid cycles. These are things we need from Destiny 1 raids brought forward. Also, with fire teams being three-man, do you think they should focus more on two team, two teams of three setups for mechanics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrath of the Machine. I liked how they split us up in Crown. Yeah, I think that's good. And everything you said on the front end, I agree with. Bring all that stuff over from D1. And I liked how you enumerated some of it, like relics and rolls. That makes, that makes damage phase is a little bit less likely to be like uh, one phase damage uh, teamwork and delegation um, focusing on teamwork and delegation I think is cool you see that in crown teamwork and delegation I think is hindered by revive timer um, Dagnabbit Ben one thing I would like to see in raid gear uh, pinnacle for PVE as a whole i.e. mods not just the raids zone for opium mods what are your thoughts on this you want to see raid gear being pinnacle for PVE as a whole like mods not just on the raid oh oh, oh 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 I agree with this I agree with this I shouldn't need to use the weapon in the raid for it to really be seen as its best I agree with that I thought it was free how about a practice raid that launches after world's first on easy mode with no loot to give people knowledge and confidence to take on the real raid tons of development time to build this for people that I don't think we need to build the content for the content's not built for them if that's what they need to get into raiding, then they're probably not going to get beyond that. Um, Freak Show says, you discuss a lot of mechanical and reward things in your talk. Do you have any preferences or wishes for certain things such as number of bosses or encounters, play space size? No, I don't get that. I don't get that specific. I don't get that specific. I think I feel like they nail the encounters and the settings and the and the number of bosses. Last Wish was awesome. It was huge. The setting was beautiful. It was m- amazing. Scourge was really cool. I think Crown was really cool. The settings are cool. The encounters are neat. The mechanics are cool. Like I don't have any issues with that. I think they've done a really really good job with a lot of that stuff. Uh, KRKO3. Do you think they would make raid stuff more appealing? Do you think they would make it more appealing? 
okay example right now everything except the exotic i can do something else and i can get something with the same role um armor from the raid has a chance to get enhanced right now but i can get resources i can get that from other resources in the game so is it just parroting my video back to me the armor doesn't glow from the raid do you think that the armor will have unique perk like pinnacle i'm going i'm moving on sorry we've already dealt with that you might not have been here i basically addressed that in the talk in the video and i'm trying to i'm trying to fly through here so i ain't mad at you but i'm skipping your question because it's already been answered karuma a kurama have they stated any changes to guided games no they haven't uh, KJ the Knight, what about having an exotic raid weapon? Que- we already addressed the raid weapon quest. If it's exotic, not a raid question, but do you think sometimes content creators are the problem? For example, when Luna's Hal and Not Forgotten first came out, every Crucible YouTuber was like, get this gun, praising it, and they were like, they hate this meta, and then they are tired of this meta because people are using it. We're reading, we're reading War and Peace right now. Uh, so in your opinion, do you think content creators are more entitled because they think others should play like them and stop using the weapons they don't like oh my gosh listen i'm not going to throw any passive shade at any of my fellow content creators what you are describing happens in basically every single freaking game okay the game comes out and all the youtubers are like okay i know what people are looking for best gun best build get these guns do this build it's strong right the number one search term for call of duty after it launches is call of duty blah 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 best gun that's just a thing okay that's just a thing now are they the reason that the meta takes over okay no are they part of the reason sure do they expedite it probably people start using the weapon people start going for the weapon here's the thing strong weapons are going to exist youtubers are going to highlight those weapons those weapons are going to get used not because of the youtubers but because that's what happens in video games the path of least resistance that's it the path of least resistance that's what you do when you're trying to win so people are going to look for the strongest weapons they are not the reason the meta happens. Do they make it happen a little bit faster? Maybe, because they, they influence gamers to look for them, to use them, and then, then it spreads even more. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I, it's it's like a wart. No one notices a wart until someone says, hey, a wart. No, I disagree. No. People use it because it's good, you know? Listen, I didn't have to watch a YouTube video. When I used a Uriel's Gift and an Antiope, I got on stream the next day, and I was like, guys, I was playing PvP last night off stream to do a milestone because I don't like playing PvP on stream. I was like, let me tell you, the Uriel's Gift and the Antiope, holy frick, those guns are really, really strong. I didn't need anybody to tell me that. I used them, and I was like, gee, many frick, these guns are strong. So... KJ the Knight, do you ever think we will figure out the 15th wish? I don't really know or care. Uh, I'm going to say maybe. Charles Edward Cheese, don't know if this has been asked, but how would you feel about a chalice or something like that for raid gear? I've already outlined the system that I think would work. Five chests, internal currency, and you can build keys for armor or weapon. That's better than a chalice. Chalice is too intentional. I think mine would be still promoting the idea of grinding and drops and not like, give me this. Uh, and if you see shadow just like being able to run strikes and nightfalls multiple times isn't about time we apply that to raids not a question come on man I, we've been establishing that you didn't need to even submit that question there's no come on misery lono you the man i always come here for the facts i heard that in the new light the ep armor is supposed to be the armor with the better or best stats is this truth uh and if so why wouldn't the raid armor be instead okay all armor that can be earned after shadow keep all armor that can be earned after shadow keep 
is 2.0. It's all it's all 2.0. So yeah, EP armor, raid armor, etc. Yes. Bleep blam bleep. If the raid allowed multiple runs to keep getting drops, would that mean the only drops available in subsequent runs would be those that you already have gotten? Essentially, the once per character per week runs would essentially have a high chance to drop the items that have not been unlocked yet, and subsequent runs are for the roles that already unlocked items. No, I didn't say that. I mean, maybe I like where your head's at. Maybe you'd have to kind of wait until the gear drops, and then it's in your loot pool, and then you can open the chest for it. But that would get kind of weird. I, I just think the first three roll the first three runs are for powerful drops because that's it's a it's a multifaceted grind. You're grinding for pinnacle gear to help you level. You're also grinding for gear because it's raid. After that, if you want to run it beyond three times once per character and you want to use the internal currency to open the chests, you could say the second encounter, this chest has a chance to drop XYZ weapon, and I'm gonna keep opening it. So let's just say the 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 last encounter at Crown of Sorrow, okay, there's two chests. A possibility of four weapons, right? Two weapons in each chest. And you just learn that by playing. Okay, this chest is a rocket launcher and a machine gun. This chest is an auto rifle or a scout rifle. And you know when you open that chest, you're pulling one of those weapons. Now, if you build a key for armor, you'd be like, this chest is a helmet, this chest is gauntlets. And so you would you would say, like, give me the, give me the helmet, give me the helmet, give me the helmet, give me the helmet, give me the helmet. Well, the only way you get to that encounter is is by running the raid. Well, Lono, wouldn't people just check checkpoint farm? Nope, and here's why. You can only make a key after you run a whole raid. So you would have to run the entire raid to get the currency to build a key, which means the next raid, you open a chest with that one key. So it wouldn't be like I'm running every single encounter and I'm getting the same number of drops every time. You would focus the grind. And the only way you get the key is by running the whole raid. So every raid that you're running to open the chest is also a raid that you're building a key. It balances it out. It also limits it. It's like you're not running the raid and getting six or five or whatever drops every single time. You wouldn't be able to checkpoint farm. You know what I mean? Uh, Ashen Hollow. Do you feel Bungie making the raid weapons subpar is because they don't want them to support dominate PvP? I mean, maybe. Um... New Bungie article about seasons right now. We're going to end Q&A right there so we can read it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe.